Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast. I'm Ben Eshmade and this week we once again step into the issues and drama of Ken Loach's Palm Door winning masterpiece, I, Daniel Blake. Back in 2016, this landmark film told the story of two individuals battling to feed themselves and their families in Newcastle. You live the character's life, so there's nowhere to hide. The thing you have to do in these scenes is you have to listen you have to find the truth and you have to play the honesty and the truth and that will look right on, on screen. Most of us will have grown up seeing one or many more of Ken Loach's dramas with perhaps his second film in 1969, Kez, being the most famous. In Kez, he explored shattered childhood dreams in northern England. Other major themes for his film and television career include exploring poverty in Poor Cow, homelessness in Cathy Come Home and labour rights in Riff Raff and The Navigators. But back to this story and the modern issues the two main characters face. In this film, Dave Johns plays Daniel and Hayley Squires plays Katie, two strangers who are suffering misfortune when a chance meeting develops into friendship and they somehow help to keep each other afloat. You have to apply online, sir. Listen, you know, you give me a plot of land, I can build your house, but I've never been anywhere near a computer. Do you know what? We're digital by default. Oh, well, here we can. I hear this all the time on the phone, I'm digital by default, well I'm pencil by default. Comedian, writer and actor Dave John spoke to me about the film, giving some fascinating insight into Ken Loach's filmmaking process. How did you get the opportunity to play Daniel Blake? Um, well, a lot of years ago, uh, 2003, we did um, did 12 Angry Men up at the Edinburgh Festival at the Assembly Rooms, which was a, m- a massive hit. Uh, and then we did, the next year, we did one for the Cuckoo's Nest and, and the odd couple with Alan Davis and, uh, and Bill Bailey. And so I'd done a bit of stage act. And then the mm. producer of that texted me last year and said, oh, uh, Ken Loach is looking for somebody, Geordie, your age, for this film he's casting. And I'd hadn't heard anything about it, and I went. And he said, "He said you should send your stuff in." Mm. So you know, I thought, "Oh, all right." And so I just t- texted Kayleen, who was the casting director, and said, "Look, I'm a comic. Have a look at my website." And so, the, and I didn't hear anything for two weeks, and then they said, "Oh, come and have a meet- meeting with Ken." Came in, chatted to Ken. He doesn't want to know anything about what you've done. He just wants to talk about you. We talk about football. Then I came in and did three castings, uh, different improvisations with different actresses, and was offered the part, which um, which blew me away really, because I was thinking, well, at least if I, I'll I'll get to do some improv with Ken Loach, that'd be great fun, you know, <laughs> and that'd be a story in itself, you know, to meet him. Um, and I got offered the part, which which was amazing, and and I'm so honoured. How would you describe 
Daniel Blake? Daniel's an ordinary guy. He's um, um, 59 years of age. He's been looking after his wife. Uh, normal guy, um, you know, um, a joiner. Worked all his life, you know, neighbours in the same place, um, you know, knows all his neighbours, has a heart attack, you know, believes it. Yeah, all right, well, I'll, I'll get sickness benefit until I'm, my doctor said I'm able to go to work. Mm. Uh, then it's a system that isn't geared up to do that. It used to be called Social Security, now it's called Benefits and, and, and Welfare. And I think that's, there's a reason behind that because that benefits in, in, in welfare sound like a handout. Social security is what I used to know it by, mm. um, where it was something that if you were ill, there'd be something there to help you to uh, security. And so he hits a system that isn't helpful, isn't geared up to help him. Meets a, fa- um, a, a young single mum with the two kids have been moved out of London to Newcastle and they having problems and um, he befriends them. The both of them rely on each other to get through mm. this nightmare system of, of how the benefit system has been set up, which is to, to brand everybody who is on welfare scroungers. What's great about Daniel and Katie in the film is I think what people buy into it is that you suddenly realise, no, these are just ordinary people. Yeah. They're just ordinary working class people who are decent, who, you know, we've got away from seeing people who need help as ordinary people. It could be anybody, it could be your neighbours, to these benefit street and all that, this mm. poverty porn that makes people look like everybody's on the make and take. And it's to turn people against, I think they've turned the working classes against each other, really. Mm. And it's about time the working classes realise that, like, you know, or everybody, we pay into this system. And if you don't need the system and you don't need to use it, that's fantastic. It means you're doing well. But isn't it great to pay into a system where you can be proud of the National Health Service and the welfare, uh, your social security? So I think to me it's a no-brainer. I think that's what's core issue in this film and this is what gets people. They sit up and they go, oh, my God, that could be anybody I know, Mm. rather than the scroungers that everybody's tried to make them out to be, you know? I've been told by my doctor I'm not supposed to go back to work yet. Then you should apply for employment and support allowance. I have. I've been knocked back by some quack and now I'm trying to appeal. Okay, well, that's your choice, Mr Blake. No, it's not my choice. Ken's films cover a whole breadth of uh, topics, trigger different emotions and different responses. When did you go from knowing you had the role uh, and it was this, you know, maybe a little sketch of the character to, to the, the sheer enormity, as you, you were sort of talking about there, of yeah. what you had ahead of you. Well, I mean, you know, the way Ken works is you don't get the script. So when I got on set, set I only knew I was Daniel Blake. I'd been looked after my wife who'd died. Um, I'm a joiner. So each day, and the way Ken works is chronologically, so you live the character's life. So, you know, the first day on set, I was a bit... Being a stand-up comic, my first film, I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? <laughs> um, um, but the way Ken works, and he's had a crew for years, and Paul Laverty's script is brilliant. Um, and the way it works is that, you know, Ken said to me, you know, there's no music in this film, Dave, so the actor's very um, exposed. It's a very stark film. It's very, it's very, so there's nowhere to hide. The thing you have to do in these scenes is you have to listen you have to find the truth and you have to play the honesty and the truth and that will look right on on screen. And so for me that, I went, yeah, I can understand that. So all I did in the scenes was I played it 
honestly, I played it truthfully. I listened to what Katie was saying. I wasn't just going, oh, that's her lines. And yeah. the, uh, what, what, what am I saying next? Guys? Yeah, it was, it was, I just listened and I reacted truthfully. And it's came across, and I hopefully it's come across that way. Ken, the way Ken films is there's no vast crew in the room. Nobody's touching up your makeup before scenes. The camera's in the corner. He doesn't tell you what lens is on the camera. So there was times in the scenes when I forgot I was in a film and I was just talking to the kids. I was talking to Katie, you know? And, and I think, and because he puts it in real situations, it feels, I think, for the audience, like you've just come across this, like yeah. that scene. In uh, the opening scene in the, um, the job centre, when Katie comes in and there's an argument, you know, people have said to me, it feels like you've just opened the door to go in yourself, and you thought, oh, something's kicked off here. You know what I mean? <laughs> because it feels so real. It's, it's a, and that's the way, and that's because of the way Ken works, and he gets, and I think he's brilliant at casting. I, th I, th I think he saw something in me and Katie, uh, maybe me and Haley that was the chemistry, and maybe me and Haley felt that as well. We felt it was funny when he offered. Haley, the job, he said, oh, I want you to do it. And she was great. And she said, my next question is, who got the part of Daniel? And he, and he said, Dave. And she said, oh, brilliant. That's what Dave said when we told him you got the part. So obviously there was some connection there, you know. He won't waste anything, though. I mean, a good example of that is, you know, you know, we were talking about you going from being a comic to, to, to an actor in this case, but the opening scenes in the job yeah. centre, that broke the OS as well, I think, in, in the yeah, well, end. I think, I think that, that form, I mean, he got me to fill that form in, um, 52 pages of ridiculous questions, and I couldn't do it. You know, what people must feel like when they're trying to, you, you know, that ill and the stress of being ill and the stress of trying to fill that form and must do to them, I don't know. But that comes from Paul's writing because Paul saw in the form, the comedy, for instance, you know, after 20 minutes of talking to me, because that's seen supposed to be that you've come in and it's been going on for ages and Dan's getting sick of it. And then she says to him, do you have trouble with communicating with people? And he says, and you go, you're asking me that after all that. So, so you know, saw the comedy in the form, you know what I mean? And he wrote that. And then me being a comic, I could see, you know, the emphasis and the way to play it is, is, is what I brought to it, you know? Grab's ready. Yay! Go around that way then, Dylan. Good boy. Dan, this one's yours. Oh, no, not for me. Thanks. That's yours. Me. All right. Well, where's yours? I had mine earlier. I'm just having a bit of fruit. You said that yesterday and the day before. All right, up then. Many beautiful moments. Uh, I was reading that you you sort of did some workshops in regards to woodwork so that you could make mm. the fish. But I mean, the fish is just a... Yeah, and the bookcase mm. that you make for Katie. Well, it <laughs> breaks your heart, really. Mm, I know. I mean, I mean... Like, you know, I went for three days to this little place and learned how to carve the fish. And when I carved my first fish, I was really proud when I took it into Ken as if I'd done my homework. <laughs> Look what I've done, Dad. Um, but yeah, but that's, you know, that just brings it home. You, you, you know, that Dan is an ordinary person, you know? And, you know, people are going, yeah, well, Katie wasn't drinking book fast and she wasn't smoking 40 cigarettes a day and she didn't have leggings on and she wasn't screaming, get that dog in, get that dog in. And, and, but that's what they've been fed with things like Benefit Street. Yeah. So everybody goes, everybody is like that. And that ain't the case. That isn't the truth. Most people who try for help with, with Social Security are ordinary people who have sickness have lost the, or have lost their job. And, you know, most people are three paychecks away from disaster anyway. Yeah. And I think this film resets the balance and saying, no, it's not like that. It's ordinary people. And, and when people ask me that, why wasn't Kate like that? I goes, because my sister's not like that. 
And my sister's a working class person and she doesn't wear leggings and scream, get that dog in and drink book fast and smoke 50 fags a day and ha- have a, a burnt out couch, you know, in the front of her house, you know. She's an ordinary person. Mm. It, like, and I'm sure there's lots of people who, and it's about saying, this has been, this is a myth. This has been purposely, like, like of, of course they're up there. I mean, the type of people who, it's something like 0.5% of people who fraudulently disclaim a bad benefit. And if you do fiddle the benefit system, then you should be punished for it. Yeah. But think of the masses of people who, big corporates who don't pay the, the right tax and don't, you know, and like, you know, Apple who have paid, what is it, something like yeah. £50 for every million pound they earn in Ireland. And people who live in Ireland have to pay €50 Euro just to go and see the doctor. Like, you can't sit back and go, you see, but I don't think it's bashing the rich because I think, I don't think that people who are well off all think like that. They don't think that people are scumbags and, and you know, most decent people who, who have made a good living for themselves realise that you've got to help people, you know? Yeah. What's happened is our governments that I think we've, we vote in have hitched their pony to the, to the market to finance this is the big thing we're all individuals we all have to go our own way and that's not the way and i think you know when we've showed this film in europe people have come up to me afterwards and said this is happening in spain this is happening in italy this is happening in france working poor people who are working but they're on zero hours contracts it's like those black and white films you see where the guys used to stand at the gates and the guy used to come out and go, you, you, you and you, rest can go home, you get three hours work, then you be, and it's because they don't, they don't want people to have job security. They want to, they, they want a workforce that's cheap mm. that they can get rid of whenever they don't need them. Mm. And that's because we've all bought into this. It's sad rather than scandalous. It's a, it's a, it's a sad cry and shame that people have bought into this, you know? Please just keep signing on. Get somebody to help you with the online job searches. Otherwise, you could lose everything. Please don't do this. I've seen it before. Good people, honest people, on the street. Thank you, Anne. But when you lose your self-respect, you're done for. I'm not sure if this is a weakness or it's a strength. Daniel's very proud man. On the film where he goes to visit his colleagues at work mm-hmm. and he won't take any help when yeah, he's got he's no benefits. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. all right. Yeah, right. Well, I think that's the older generation. Um, you know, I think my dad was like that as well. It's like, you know, you look after your family and you don't want handouts. You want to be able to stand on your... Most people want to be able to stand on their feet. Most people want to work. You know, there's a myth that people want to lie about watching telly all day because it's boring. Most Have you seen daytime telly? It would drive you insane. You'd, you'd have to be a lunatic to want to sit and watch that all the time so most people but they want decent work you know and, and the same with Dan like you know he doesn't want to take help because he's always been used to helping himself and helping others and eventually people gather around and go look you need help you know somebody said today they went oh well you know all the people who are in this film are the noble poor and you go, what do you mean? Like, and, and Haley said, what do you mean by the noble poor? Poor is poor. That there shouldn't be. People shouldn't be working and still have to go to food banks to eat. I mean, that is totally wrong. And yeah. food banks should be, we, we, we shouldn't have them. No. Dan, and even when he goes to the food bank with, hey, with, with, with Katie, 
he he takes her there, but he doesn't get himself involved in the food bank, even though I suspect in the film that Dan hasn't ate much either. Yeah. But 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 he stands and he looks and he thinks, and, and I think you can feel it. He's looking around going, what is this? You know what I mean? I can't believe that this is, they'll know about this, you know? I hadn't been to a food bank until we started the film. Yeah. And it shocked me, you know, that scene. I mean, we didn't know what was happening till it happened, you know? It was only uh, Haley who knew what was going to happen and... Ken and, and, you know, and it's the most powerful scene I would say in the film and mm. we shouldn't be tolerating food banks. It, should, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be necessary. What, what did you most admire about her? I mean, we've, we've, we've talked about you work so well together and the film rests on both of your, both of your shoulders. She must have impressed you. I've acted only may, major times on, on, um, on stage and plays and I've also done the improv when I'm on stage with other people, you know, because there's a stand up by myself. And the great thing about... Especially when you're acting, there are actors who give, and Haley gives. I remember doing the first castaway with Haley, and I remember coming out and saying to my partner, "God, this girl I did this scene with, I, I, I forgot I was auditioning with Ken. Her, her eyes, and when she was saying things to me, I believed them. In, in, and she started crying in the scene, and I was like." Wow, and, and 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 so I was so I got a hanky out my pocket and I gave her the hanky. I goes, no, don't don't cry. I'm not trying to make you cry. I just want to know what's going on with you and your boyfriend. Yeah. Be, he's like, yeah. and that's because she gave that yeah. thing. And, and I think you know, and I think it works two ways. I think I think so. Then what happens is I play it real, so she play. So it, you know, it's that thing, and it's that. And, and people have talked about the chemistry between the two, and I think that was real. And I think Ken saw that in the auditioning mm. process. You know, it does seem that the country's in a raw place at the moment. Moment. And a film like this is hopefully going to make an impact. I, I, this has happened to me um, last week. They've been doing previews all around the country, you know. And I went into a shop where I live in Whitley Bay, and and this woman, she was looking at me, and she said, "She says you're that bloke in in that film, Daniel Blake, aren't you?" And I went, "Yeah." And, and you know, the film hasn't been out yet. And I, and I thought, oh, she must. And she's always saw um, a preview. Me and my husband went. We got tickets. Uh, my daughter got with tickets. And she says. You know, we've had this business for years. She says, I've, I haven't stopped thinking about it. And she said, what it made us think is that, again, what I said before, oh, my God, this this is happening to people who aren't skivers, aren't, aren't, aren't scroungers, ordinary people. And she says, I really didn't realise what it was like. And she says, me and my husband were talking the other day, and she says, and I said to him, this makes me want to think where I'm going to put my ex the next time I vote. And I think what it's doing is it's hopefully readdressing the balance that, you know, people are ordinary people who need help. Last question. Um, you're going to be known, for me at least, and a lot of other people, I mean, yeah. as, as Daniel Blake for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I've thought of that, yeah. I think people who'd come and go, oh, that bloke's doing a tour who's Daniel Blake, that bloke. Um, I'm very, I'm, I'm not... Mark Steele. I'm not, you know, Jeremy Hardy. I'm not, you know, I've been interested in politics, but I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, Ken's radicalised me, Ken, and <laughs> I've been radicalised by Ken Lodge. Um, but, but no, but, but, you know, I, I'm very surreal, you know. I mean, my comedy's about, you know, Van Gogh stealing the yellow paint from other impressionists and, and you know, and sort of talking to whales on the beach. I'm standing on the beach talking to whales in New Zealand and things like that, and they're answering us back. So people are going to go, oh, that's a bit... But, you know, there is... I, I probably will find politics in in just... Because I talk about things that make me laugh. So if so, but I think it'll be interesting to see people who see me in the film come to see me do comedy. I think it'll be an interesting experiment. 
I, Daniel Blake, is a must-see piece of filmmaking, one of the most powerful things I can remember seeing in the cinema and now on DVD and streaming. I'm Ben Eshmaid. Thanks for listening to this archive edition of Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast, here to inspire more people to discover and love the arts with weekly episodes of archive finds and themed series. Subscribe to Nothing Concrete on Acast, Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you can, leave us a review to help us get the word out. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.